I'm Doc Holliday, sports director at ABC 24, Local 24. I'm here with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective Podcast. Hi, I'm Davina Jones with Couture Cares, and I'm here with Ina Esco on Verbally Effective Podcast. Clarissa Joy is the CEO of Clarissa Joy, Inc., where she provides business coaching and consulting services to entrepreneurs across varied industries. She is a motivational speaker that provides inspiration through transparency and proven strategies that yield next level success. Clarissa recently introduced her newest entrepreneur academy, Elite Winner's Circle, for black women entrepreneurs that focus on monetization and maximization strategies in a close-knit, hands-on community. Clarissa is also the creator of the Tribe Finishers Apparel line, creator of the annual Vision Party event, and author of the published book, Want Your Own Business While You Work? Never ceasing to follow her purpose and continuing to evolve, Clarissa has become a philanthropist and founded a nonprofit organization, Rise Up Single Mom, Inc. In addition to these endeavors, Clarissa Joy is a servant of Christ, mother to a beautiful nine-year-old daughter, and corporate leader at a Fortune 500 company. Hey, guys, your double E, Ina Esco. Thank you guys so much for listening to episode 73 of the Verbally Effective Podcast. I definitely want to give a shout out to my producer, Dr. Sanai Laybourne, and also my creative director, Jet Eye Digital. Today, I definitely have a phenomenal woman with me who's going to inspire all of you, men and women, of course. She is the CEO of Clarissa Joy, Inc., where she provides business coaching and consulting services to entrepreneurs. And besides Clarissa Joy, Inc., I mean, she does a million other things. (laughs) Hey, Clarissa, how are you, lady? Hey, Ina Esco. What's going on, lady? Everything. Everything, right? (laughs) Everything. I already know. I already know. And you know what, Clarissa, when I first met you, um, it was back in April. I was hosting the Broken Crayons event, and... Just listening to your story was so inspiring. I was like, I got to get her on the podcast. In my mind, right? I was like, I got to get her. I told Sanaa about you. (laughs) I was like, yes, I had met so many amazing women that day Mm -hmm. that were telling their stories. Mm -hmm. So I said, yeah, let me hit up Clarissa, see what she's doing. And we would love to have women to come on the pod and motivate other women because we got so much going on, right? Just like you said, everything, right? Everything. Yes. Mm -hmm. So where are you from, Clarissa? So I'm originally born and raised um, right here in the city, Memphis, Tennessee. I grew up in Whitehaven. Another Whitehaven. Yes, Whitehaven. Another Uh Um, Whitehaven. I went to high school in Overton. Most of my friends from the neighborhood went to Whitehaven, of course. So I got a little Mm -hmm. flack about that. Okay. So I graduated from Overton. And then for college, I stayed here and I went to Christian Brothers. Wow. So you stayed private college. That was not in the plan. Um, I was going to go to New Orleans. It was a... Uh, I was thinking about either uh, Xavier or Southern, but Mm -hmm. ended up staying in Memphis. Okay. So when you were at Overton, isn't Overton a school of performing arts? It is. Yes. It is. Yes. You want to know my art? I do. <laughs> so my art was the band. I played the alto sax. The really? Berry sax. I sure did. Mm-hmm. Were you good at it? I was okay at it, but I knew early on I didn't want to do it in college and forever. So okay. I just was having fun with it. But because it was a creative and performing arts school, they were very serious about the arts. Very serious. Very serious. More serious than I wanted to be. I just okay. wanted to... Have fun playing. Okay. <laughs> I, I feel you. I have a brother who played the saxophone okay. in high school, and he was so serious. He was mm, serious. Yeah, man. I haven't seen the sax since high school. Wow. <laughs> so after you graduated, you was like, I'm going to Christian Brothers. Or no, you said that wasn't No, so like I was that. supposed to go to New Orleans, um, had a crazy car accident, um, oh. prom night, in fact. Um, mm-hmm. Ended up in a cast on my hand, my foot. And my mother was just like, you get that close to losing a child. The other driver actually passed away no. in the other vehicle. Yeah, it was tragic. Um, and she just was like, I, I can't see you leave Memphis right now. So I stayed. But it, it all worked out for the good. I enjoyed, mm-hmm. you know, going to Christian Brothers and Friends and all that. Mm-hmm. So while at Christian Brothers, what did you study? So I studied information technology. Um, okay. I also studied mathematics. Then they said, well, you know, you got to do two years of foreign language with mathematics. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mm-mm, never mind. So I just stayed on the IT side. Uh, mm-hmm. So that was a lot of fun. You got in on a really good industry when you did. I did. I did. Did you already so know? 
No, my oldest brother is in computer programming, mm-hmm. so I was kind of thinking about it from him doing that. Um, but I really didn't know, and I just I I guess gravitated towards that. Wow. Mm-hmm. So do you know how to like program? See, something? then this is the questions that always come <laughs> when you tell people you know a little bit about IT. Uh, right. Um, so yeah, <laughs> but I did start out um, on the I guess that side of it and then I've moved more so from the hardware side to more of the system side now and um so a a long way away from project management as well a long way away from the um can you fix my computer can you help me with this printer issue so yeah but definitely don't do those things look the number one question did you invest in some Microsoft or Apple stock I did not isn't that crazy they got the tip I didn't have the tip. I really probably wasn't even listening for the tip. Oh, I didn't even wow. know what a tip was back then. <laughs> Man. Oh, wow. So, okay, Christian Brothers, you graduated. Then yes. what happened after that? Um, so what happened after that, let's see. So in college, I, I started working in my field while I was in school at UT Health Science Center downtown. Um, was working in IT there. And then after I graduated, I was like, okay, I'm ready to do this so got a um, full-time job I think it was called promising relocation and then started with international paper in IT and then Mm. um, they outsourced our department then I went to uh, Coors Brewery some good company yeah and then they moved to Shenandoah Virginia Mm -hmm. and then um, yeah so it's it's been a whirlwind but I've been in the IT industry now I guess almost 20 years Mm -hmm. believe that I'm like wow has it been this long yeah I think that was like 2002 and it's 2019 now so yeah 17 years wow the it industry but it's a lot of fun and you're in leadership in, i am company i am and now. we really want to inspire um women and as well as mm-hmm. minorities to really get into the stem um industries because we're so underrepresented definitely so it's not just about being in leadership but also helping those that aspire to come along with us so they can join us um in the ranks mm-hmm. and you know say yeah you can have an awesome career in, in STEM programs. Wow. Are you often in boardrooms with just men? You're the only woman, yet alone Absolutely. black woman. Absolutely. Wow. I, I can count uh, the number of times that I'm not. So it's more often that I am. So when mm-hmm. you look around, it's not a feeling of, wow, I've made it. It's more so a feeling of how can I get more of me here? Mm-hmm. So uh, that's one part about, you know, volunteering, giving back. Um, people asking you speak at a career fair or these things that we always say we don't have time to do. Mm-hmm. But it's so critical to invest in those little things because you never know who you inspire in their youth to go after and be a part of the STEM industry. Wow. So let me ask you this. Larissa, like just listening to what you just told me about um, your current field and leadership and being the only woman a lot of times, how have you navigated your career knowing that, you know, has it been a fight, a challenge? All that. It has been all that to be completely transparent, but it goes back to my roots. It's so strongly founded in Christianity. And my mom would always remind me, you know, decades ago, your work is unto the Lord. It mm. doesn't matter um, those that are around you that don't look like you, that don't feel that you have the same uh, aptitude as others that don't look like you. She says, none of that matters. You go in there, you do the best job you can, you be honest, you have integrity, mm-hmm. and you help others. So yeah. that's how I've excelled. And by them being able to see me as that um, person that's not just doing it for myself or trying to, you know, get all the accolades, you um end up evolving and having a network of people that surround you that that like you for what you know and not just who you are Mm -hmm. um and they want to continue to rally around you so Mm -hmm. i've just been able to build that network and continue to spread that along as i mentor other uh women of color women etc um in it that have aspirations to continue growing but like you said it's a fight and you've Mm got to be ready for the fight Mm -hmm. and you can't get bitter by the fight right that's the other part so you've got to keep going and with a smile because and you, with a smile. And with a smile. Because, you know, if you don't, you automatically X out. You're labeled. You're labeled. The bitter black woman. Exactly. And once you get that label, it's a hundred times harder removing the label after it's already there. So yeah. why get it? Yeah. You know what you're up against, right? Mm-hmm. All of us know the statistics. So why even feed into them? Just say, mm-hmm. I'm not a part of that statistic. And I'm going to show others that we are smart. We are intelligent. We, we do are. have thought leadership. We can be creative and innovative. And that's what I'm here to do today. Wow. I love you, Clarissa. Oh, I love you, You too, are blazing Nina. trails <laughs> out here in these streets. Thank parties. you. Now, what made you start your own business while being <sighs> in these leadership 
positions and boardrooms. Yeah. You're like, hey, I need to do something on the side. Well, you know, it's crazy because before where I am now in a Fortune 500 company, uh, when I was at IP and they outsourced and then I went to Coors Brewery and then they relocated, I quickly saw it doesn't matter how successful the enterprise is, depending on other forces, external, political, et cetera. At any point in time, your job is not guaranteed. That okay. Is the truth. So while we love these enterprises, you know, right, um, we have to understand that in the back of your head, you may need to have a side hustle. And now mm-hmm. in 2018, it was, I don't know how many hundreds of businesses that closed. But now that we've seen the trends and the influx of, of companies no longer being able to stay afloat, companies mm-hmm. that have been um, historically at the top of the list mm-hmm. are quickly sinking down Mm -hmm. um it's just a new day and age so having that side hustle having something in your back pocket just in case Mm -hmm. um you know is always always encouraged to do so that's one reason that i truly love um encouraging and coaching and mentoring uh, small business owners and Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and i show them because um some coaches used to say years ago you can't do both you can't thrive and be a professional as well as being a entrepreneur or small mm-hmm. business owner. And that's absolutely not true. Mm-hmm. So I think I started the business to show entrepreneurs that you can if you desire to. Mm-hmm. Now, true, there are some entrepreneurs that say at some time and point, I do want to do this full time and mm-hmm. leave my full time job. And that's cool. And there's some other entrepreneurs that don't have a desire to ever leave their full time job. And that's cool, too. Mm-hmm. So it's about knowing what your desires are, mm-hmm. what your needs are for your family and aspiring toward that and working at it every single day. You know what? I actually had um, a recent podcast guest and he just started his side hustle, his business. And I just knew he quit his full-time corporate job, right? So I'm assuming. And he said, no. A lot of people don't or never do. (laughs) He said, no, ma'am, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do both Mm -hmm. until I can't anymore. Exactly. But yeah, it's it's definitely a personal choice and entrepreneurs should feel like they're empowered to take their life whichever direction they want. Mm -hmm. That's what it's about. Wow. So with your side hustle, your baby, your business, you motivate entrepreneurs. How do you motivate an entrepreneur? So it's interesting, right? Um, I do it in two ways. Uh, Firstly, um, because of my profession being in IT, uh, one thing that's also helped me in, in that side of my brain is organizational skills, being able to really look at a large problem, decompose it and encourage and inspire a team to get it done. Mm -hmm. So that skill set is transferable, right? And it crosses over into the small business world for entrepreneurs because most of the time entrepreneurs, we're creative thinkers. So we have these huge ideas. We wake up in the middle of the night, writing down ideas or put it in our cell phones. So how do we take all of these large ideas and so many of them and translate that to being um, profitable and monetizing them? So it's really the same foundational skill, but in a different um, industry or towards a different desire. When you are motivating these entrepreneurs, I know you have a very spiritual background because when I announced that you were coming, um, one of my former guests and followers was like, she goes to church with me. I was like, I believe you because I could sense your very spiritual side. Do you incorporate some of your spiritual aspects in your teachings? I do. Um, I don't do it in an invasive way um, because I have coached some entrepreneurs that aren't from a Christian background. Mm -hmm. But they're, again, back to those transferable principles that Mm -hmm. no matter what your religion is, they work. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So when it comes to some scriptures that help us to remember that there there is something greater out there than us and honing into having faith. That's really um, how we can get from milestone to milestone. That's how we continue moving forth in the path of success understanding that it's a greater force because like you said as a woman wearing so many hats it's easy to get frustrated uh, discouraged tired right Mm -hmm. at the end of the day we're all physically tired and drained so how do you continue pressing forward when you're physically exhausted yeah and you can't do that unless you're tapping into a higher being a spiritual power right to say okay it's not me Mm-hmm. <laughs> how, how in the world can I be successful at this when we yeah. get done being mom and professional yeah. and, you know, the Girl Scout troop leader and mm-hmm. the PTO secretary and those in sororities? I mean, the list goes on. Yeah. Are you in a sorority? I'm not. I'm me for me. 
look good. Congratulations. Well, well, the truth of the matter is, at Christian Brothers, my first two years, uh, both AKS and Deltas were not on the yard. No. By the, no. By the time they came on the yard, third year, I was like, I'm, I'm trying to graduate. No, so. wait, hold on. Let me think. What year about was we're it? Not even we're not going to go into Okay, we're going to talk off mic because I got a close floor okay. from CBU. Okay. But um, just reading your bio, I know that you incorporate in your business uh, charisma and humor. Tell me how important humor is in letting barriers down and just so it's so getting people to communicate. You know, because people don't realize, and this is what I stress to my clients and those I consult, is people are buying from you. People are buying you. Regardless of the products or service you're offering, they're buying you. So if you're not willing to be transparent, let your hair down and be you, then how can they ever tap into one of your strongest competitive advantages? You. You were uniquely made who you are. So if they never see that, it's discrediting what you could be providing. But on the flip side of that, because of social media, People feel like they have to become this image that they think people want to see and hear from instead of being comfortable in their own skin. So the charisma, the humor, it's all about you. And the the truth is everyone wasn't uh, isn't supposed to be your your customer or client. Mm -hmm. You weren't here for everyone. But the ones that you are here for, when you are willing and comfortable being yourself, they cannot believe they didn't meet you 20 years ago. That's yeah. the connection that you're able to establish when you're transparent. They're like, oh, my gosh, why mm-hmm. didn't I run into you 10 years ago? I've been bumping my head against the wall mm-hmm. all this time. So, you know, like you said, just encouraging uh, entrepreneurs to be yourself. Because when you yeah. are your true, authentic self, those that are for you gravitate towards you. Wow. I, I You know what? I just saw you got back from a vacation. Yeah, Bahamas. We call it the Bahamas takeover, the um, Norwegian takeover. Yeah, there were, How yes, was it? it was amazing. Um, it was 13 uh, women uh, from 13. six different states uh, that wow. all came together. We um, came out of the port in Florida and then we went to um, the Bahamas and we had an amazing time. And on one of the posts I made, I said, we're not what we're portrayed on social media. We didn't have one fight. We didn't curse mm. out anybody during the trip. It we had a good, good time. It was all good. And yeah. we can do that as women and not have to feed into how social or the media portrays us. But right. we had an amazing time. I completely um, disconnected. I did not get the internet package. No, I was not nothing. checking my cell phone. I was you not unplugged. on social media. I completely unplugged. And this is the first time I've done that. Completely. It, it felt wonderful. Yeah. Yes. And then you realize when you get back and you saw what you missed, it, it was okay. Me. It was really okay to miss that. No FOMO. Four or five days. It's okay, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Um, So it was amazing. We had a really, really good time just resting and relaxing. It's also funny. I was talking to a colleague, and she says, well, how long was the cruise? And I said, it was about four days, and I wished it were longer. Mm -hmm. I said, looking at the opposite of that, about 13 years ago, I went on a cruise. It was the same time frame, and on day two, I was ready to get home. Why is that? But the difference is I've learned the value of rest and relaxation. Yeah. Back then, it was just so, whoo, doing this, doing that, mm-hmm. um, that, you know, the, sometimes the younger we are, we don't really appreciate true rest yeah. in vacay mode. Yeah. So now I do. So I was like, whoo, this could have been seven days. It wow. was amazing. So you said 13 other women. Were they your women. good friends? So some of them were. Some were good friends, and then some were friends of friends. Um, so some, a few of the ladies I'd never met until the trip. But, mm-hmm. you know, when you are uh, surround yourself with ladies that are all wanting more in life mm-hmm. and you have that common theme and undertone, it doesn't matter if you know each other or not. You're like, that's a sister. Yeah. Um, let's see what she got going on. Let's enjoy and have fun. And it mm-hmm. wasn't about anything else. Wow. So and we had an amazing good. time. So, Clarissa, I want you to kind of talk to the audience about how important it is to take a break and recharge and just really, you know, kind of get that downtime. How important is that? It's very important, Ina. I would say uh, remind uh, folks that you are only, you only can perform when you are your best self. And in economics, we you hear about the point of, of diminishing returns. That's an economic principle that transcends any forum, right? Mm-hmm. There is a point where your returns, what you're able to perform, will begin to decrease based on, you know, 
not being recharged, Mm -hmm. even as a mom, right? So when we want to create these amazing um, things, products, services, whatever we're doing, if we're pouring, as one of my girlfriends says, if we're pouring from an empty cup, what's left to pour? For real. Right? You know, it's just drip trip so even you'll notice sometimes if you've had um had an opportunity to take a vacation or get uh, more sleep than Next you usually week, do woo-hoo! Woo-hoo! Okay. can't wait to see the pictures <laughs> yeah um, so if you see that you know you're able to get a little bit more sleep or vacation you'll notice that your performance is optimal after those times versus when you're always uh, working on limited sleep, limited oh, eat, God, not God. exercising. But your body is a it's a complete picture. It's not just one thing that you do and that's you. Mm-hmm. Right. So I've learned that if we don't if I don't take care of myself, um, you know, spiritually, physically, um, socially, we have needs. Maslow's hierarchy of needs. We have multiple needs, not just from a career standpoint, but, you know, are we taking care of our bodies, mm-hmm. right? You can either do it now or you can do it later, preventative or after something breaks, and then you're trying to go into let's fix this mode. So uh, the importance of taking care of us, especially as women, we always put on that cape, and we are givers, we're nurturers, mm-hmm. we're savers, and we want to take care of everyone else except mm-hmm. us. And that's Why so important. That? I, well, I think it's in tune with who we are, right? Mm-hmm. Men don't bear children. Women do. Right. It's in our DNA, yeah. right? So when you look at who we genetically are, we have to remind ourselves to step back and say, when was the last time I had a vacation? Mm-hmm. Or, and some people say, well, I can't afford to take a vacation, you know, every two or three months. I get it. I've been there too. But you can take a staycation where mm-hmm. you stay at home. You do some things in the city you've never done. You unplug or you go to a, I don't know, $80 a night hotel room somewhere. Mm-hmm. If you can't afford a $300 a night hotel. But you just do something that's intentional that tells yourself, I'm giving back to me. Yeah. I'm re-pouring um, in my cup so that I can have more to give to others but that recharge is vital if you don't have that you are just like uh, hanging on by a thin straight straight and when we do that we're so volatile and we're more Mm -hmm. emotional because we aren't healthy we aren't whole Mm -hmm. so that's the other um, important part of that when do you find a time to exercise so it's funny you should say that i can show you in my (laughs) calendar right now i have a um exercise uh schedule i try to maintain so i remind myself there's a uh, alarm that goes off two hours before I should be exercising to remind me I got two hours to shut down what I'm doing to get to my uh, group exercise class. Oh, I've learned wow. it's just something I have to carve out. If you don't do it, it doesn't happen. And do you feel better since you've been exercising? So um, I I won't be one of the ones to say, oh, I feel tons better. <laughs> but I think I'm more in a um, sustain model, right? Mm-hmm. If I don't do it, that's when it starts going to the negative place. Yeah. You know, but since I find it or make the time to do it, because you're never going to find the time because mm-hmm. you're going to have, you know, work, family, mm-hmm. uh, your side hustle, your mm-hmm. civic responsibilities. You're going to always have so much. Or a boo. Or a boo. Or hey. A boo. <laughs> 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 or a boo. Right, right. Um, but, you know, we just have to say in the midst of all that, Decide how much time can you carve out? Some people, is it three days for 30 minutes? Is it five days for 30 minutes? And start in smaller increments and then work your way up. Well, you look amazing. Thank you. You look amazing, I appreciate it. posted them pictures from Bahamas, baby. That beach body was (laughs) burning. I said, God, Clarissa. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Now, I know you have uh, entered into the world of philanthropy. You found a nonprofit organization called Rise Up Single Mom Inc. Tell me about that. That is my heart, Ina. I was like, God, you got a sense of humor. Like, if I already didn't have enough on my plate, and then you give me this assignment to carry out. So um, the nonprofit, we started about two years ago. I tested the waters by having an event to see what the interest would be. Um, So I hosted, it was like a benefit brunch for single moms. It was all about empowerment, encouragement, showing single moms um, the evidence of successful men that were raised by single moms. We had a panel of Mm. successful men. And the response after that event, Ina, was huge. Mm-hmm. And it was just like, I saying, see there, I told you, mm-hmm, why mm-hmm. you doubting? So I was like, okay, well, here we go. Rise of Single Mom, Inc. Mm-hmm. So uh, we started two years ago. We have our board members, which are amazing. We have 
wonderful giving volunteers, and we have three focus areas. Uh, first is around education, uh, inspiring single moms to get back into college or to start for the first time. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter the level; it can be associates, bachelors, masters, whatever. Um, and then our and the reason we do education is because the proof is in the pudding. The higher education you have, the more income you can earn. Yeah. It's, it's that simple. So instead of um, single moms having to de- depend on some programs to take care of their families, this is helping them say, I'm going to go back to school, finish a degree, certificate program, whatever their interests are, and then they can apply to um, uh, jobs and careers to earn more income. Mm-hmm. Our second area is entrepreneurship. So those God-given talents that we all have, I don't care if it's brain hair, cooking pies, whatever you can do. Right. Your talent. How do you monetize that? So mm-hmm. we're helping single moms to monetize uh, their side hustles. Mm-hmm. And then our third focus area is emotional health. Again, you you can't help others if you need help yourself. Right. Um, how how much is in your cup that you're trying to pour out of? So in, with our emotional health, we just had our uh, single mom summer luau. Mm-hmm. It was so much fun. No, we were not sitting around moping and sobbing. Mm-hmm. We had a limbo contest. Um, we had prizes and games. We had lunch. Um, we had a few speakers as well. But we make all of our events very fun mm-hmm. and interactive. And we want women to leave those events feeling very recharged, uh, mm-hmm. feeling motivated to conquer the world. Mm-hmm. And we always say it's not about surviving. I know mm-hmm. we love Beyonce. But, no, I don't want to be a survivor, okay? Okay. I want to thrive in life. And that means living my best life today. Mm -hmm. Not waiting until the kids graduate high school. Mm -hmm. Wait till they graduate college because we always give ourselves these artificial. I'm away. Yeah, I'm away. And then we never do it. And before you you look back and you're like, wow, I'm 40, I'm 50, I'm 60. You know, have I really thrived in life? So those are our three uh, focus areas for Rise Up Single Mom. Wow. So why did you choose to focus on single moms? So I'm a single mom myself. Uh, My daughter, I call her my turkey. Uh, She's nine years old. Uh, She's just so amazing. I'm just so blessed to be her mom. And um She's nine. I became a single mom, um, I guess, um, about eight years ago. So she was just about 15 months old. I was married at the time. Um, And then from that, you know, now divorced. So it was just in my heart when I looked back, because I didn't do it immediately. It was maybe three or four years, over over four years after I was already a single mom, before I even started the nonprofit. And I looked back over my life, and I was like, wow, there were times that were so dark and just great for me and I couldn't believe that I hadn't transcended from that to where I now am and I was just so thankful and so blessed and I thought wow if I could give another mom an ounce of happiness and wholeness that I feel right now I would just like float away right so (laughs) I was like okay let me start Rise Up Single Mom so that's where and why um, the nonprofit started. That is awesome, Clarissa. That is awesome. Your journey is amazing. Thank you. Now we're going to jump into a few current events, okay. right? Okay. Right. Okay. Okay. So I know you know who Cardi B is. Right? Of course. So Rocking my red bottoms now. Okay. Yeah. Yes, you do got the red <laughs> bottoms on. Okay. So Cardi B says no more plastic surgery. No more. Okay. Um, you know, she had... She did not have a botch surgery or anything, but mm-hmm. she had problems um, with complications after, after. her surgery. Okay. So she's like, no more plastic surgery. Mm-hmm. So how do you feel about the whole concept of plastic surgery or augmentation for women? So I would start with the question why, right? I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm neutral. You know what I'm saying? I would just ask why. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of when you get into the whole abortion conversation, right? A little right. more taboo. But at the end of the day, if the individual doesn't understand why, they may have complications, if not physical, emotional, um, right, after they've had the procedure done. So if they say they know why they want to have it done, they feel great about it, mm-hmm. and they can afford it, and I ain't got to pay for it, do you, boo. Do you, boo. Because <laughs> it looks like, based on what Cardi B is sharing with the world, you got to maintain that stuff. Like, oh, really? It's like, it looks like it's some maintenance after you I get it. I didn't know that. <laughs> I, look, I didn't know look, that. Look, I guess I'm thinking after she had the baby, she had oh. to tighten up some more stuff or something. Okay. Now, so, oh, that sounds like it's pretty expensive. Very. But hey. say, do you, boo. Do you, boo, if you can afford it. Okay. You feel good. Now, the other side of it is from an emotional standpoint, especially with the younger girls, they're mm-hmm. Aspiring to do 
um, plastic surgery because they want to look like someone they see on social on media, Instagram, or on Instagram baby. or on TV, housewives and all these, these big shows. titties and these big booties. You know, I'm like, no, for that reason. Now, if it's a mom and she didn't had a baby or three and she wants her boobs, up a little oh, bit, yeah, I ain't got no problem with it. Right, <laughs> you know what right. I'm saying? But if if a, a young girl is 16 or 17 and she hasn't even found her identity of who she is and mm-hmm. she's trying to augment her body again go back to the question why what right. are you doing why are you doing that and you know what that makes me think of the kardashians it makes me think you know we all know mm-hmm. that kim has had surgery oh, yeah. and the older sisters but when you think about it you know they've been on reality tv for a very long, a long time. time so we saw kylie and kendall when they were young no surgery mm-hmm. and they got surgery very young very young and and that's not, I mean, that's becoming uh, more and more popular. Is it? Where um, girls, I'm hearing, you know, my daughter's just nine, but I'm hearing girls are asking for plastic surgery for their 16th, sweet 16. No. Yes, ma'am, they are. They're wanting, uh-huh. what are they wanting? They want it all. They want breast augmentation. They want uh, booty and hips. This is news to yes. me. Yes, and then, <clears throat> I even heard lately that some people getting aug- augmented some of uh, your girl parts. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Yes. I heard about like that. like changing the shape and the. The Look. shape. Wait. Yes. yes, ma'am. Oh, my God. <laughs> I know they want to kind of tighten that up, too, but God, Lee. Yeah, they, they doing it all. It's, it's going down out it's here going, in It's street. going down. Okay, next topic. <laughs> so, I know you know who Diddy is, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, so, you yeah. know he was in a long relationship. With Kim. With Cassie. Oh, Cassie. You yes, Cassie, yes, yes. Right? Uh-huh. So, Cassie threw Diddy the deuces for real in real life. And guess what? She's pregnant now. By her trainer that Diddy hooked up for her. No. She pregnant. Pregnant. Do you think Cassie is just living her best life now? Because a lot of people are trying to bash Cassie. Well, I mean, I don't know about hooking up with somebody that introduced you to, or the person you were with introduced you to them. Yeah. That seemed a little You think it's Shady shady. Boots? Yeah, that's Shady Boots for real, for real. (laughs) Yeah, mm -hmm, that's a little cray cray. Because I'm like, he hooked y'all up, Mm -hmm. and then now y'all together? And nah. pregnant. It's and like pregnant. She pregnant. I don't know. I mean, it's and a million Diddy's guys sad. out here. Why she couldn't just get with somebody else? Well, apparently Diddy didn't want no more babies, and maybe she wanted a baby. I don't. Girl, I don't mm. know. Girl. I don't know about that one. I don't know, but yeah, it's that, like a hot topic right yeah, now, girl. Yeah. Total shade. Total shade. <laughs> she said shady. Okay. <laughs> Wow, I was going down my Twitter timeline, and uh-huh. Sarah Sanders has resigned as the White House press secretary. Did you hear about no. that? No. So Are you you know what's coming up behind that. What? Why she resigned? She's what? trying to beat something. She wants to be the governor of Arkansas. Oh. Look, you're not surprised. you okay. like, you know I'm it's like, something, um, right? Yeah, you knew it was something. Like, yeah. why do you choose to resign? Gubernatorial uh, uh, dreams. Uh, so I'm mm-hmm. sure... Trump is going to hook it up. But I was sick of Sarah Sanders' ass. I'm sorry. You know. I was sick of her. No comment. No comment Mm -mm. on Sarah. (laughs) Uh Uh-uh. No. I have nothing good to say. You have nothing good to say. (laughs) So you just go keep it. You go keep it quiet. Well, some things that just don't make sense. You get tired of asking why. Mm -hmm. And then it's like every other week you hear something different in the news. So it's like, what are you really doing? Yeah. And then some of these people, especially from a political standpoint, it seems like they don't even understand like the oath they took that, hey, you're supposed to be living a higher standard yeah. of ethics and integrity. And that's just seemingly this out the window. This has no integrity. No integrity. No. It's just baffling. So when you read something, and it's also embarrassing as a country. Because yeah. you look at these other countries and they looking at the United States and they're tripping off us right now. Like what has happened? You yes. asked you were like, once what are y'all a superpower. Doing? What is going and on? And we're sinking and we don't really even realize it, especially with um, imports and exports trading. Mm-hmm. We don't even realize the impacts of some of the policy that Trump is, is attempting. It's, it's going to hurt. A lot of us, a lot more of us than we realize. Mm Because with with even the implementation of the tariffs, I mean, all the the supplies, the products companies buy for production Mm -hmm. and manufacturing. Yeah, and you know what, Ina? Some people say, well, that's in manufacturing. I have nothing to do with manufacturing. You got a lot to do with it. You go to the grocery store. Yeah. So how do those products get to grocery store? A lot of this stuff coming out of Mexico. Absolutely. And he he can't stand Mexico. He cannot. Look, did he get his wall yet? I'm just, No. Anyway. Did he? (laughs) I don't think so. And then how does someone say while they're campaigning, they're going to do something, and then after the campaign, they do the complete opposite? Exactly. Like, how do people still support that? And they I, out here, girl. They support I don't, hard, tough. Yes. 
Like, ride or die. Like, I hope he's not 2020 president. I really hope he's not either. I hope he's not. But it's going to impact more and more of us, and we don't realize it. We don't see the writing on the wall mm-hmm. yet. Did you see those twins? That it's two black ladies that really rally for him. Yes, they do the, I can't stand them. I can't stand them. So I got this theory. They're I paid, paid off. to do that. They're paid they off. It's be. automatic. Like, you can't be that. No. That. I'm with you on that. Really? They were paid long they have to be. in, they in have the campaign, to be. They in the inception mess. and everything. A hot, a hot mess. mess. Now, how do you deal with politics at corporate America? Do you even discuss it? Absolutely not. They Do they try to reel you in? Um, There are some jokes that are made and they, you know, of course, want to see your response. And or you your smile facial if they ask. And I, Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I keep it 100 because all I'm thinking about is the 15th and the 30th. Right. All the way to the bank. I'm smiling. I so that's, um, right. that's what I'm there for, to provide a means for my life. That's mm-hmm. not my life. Yeah. So whatever comments and jokes, insinuations that are made, hmm, I don't I let it just roll off my back because that paycheck is, is there. The 15th. And the third. Okay, and that's the goal. <laughs> that's the goal. That's the goal. Now you know, I know you've heard um some rumblings or some talkings or even seen it on the news last night in Memphis, Tennessee, in <gasps> Frazier. Mm-hmm. A young man by the name of Brandon Weber at the age of twenty was shot and killed. Um, not necessarily sure if it was by the U.S. Marshal or MPD. Mm-hmm. I know they were joined together mm-hmm. to arrest him on warrants that he had pending out of Hernando, Mississippi. So some of the rumors are that he was kind of an excessive death, uh, mm-hmm. shot 16 to 20 times. And this, he was assassinated, basically. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you say, okay, so why did they shoot him um, when they tried to apprehend him? And I'm only going on facts of what I've read okay. um, in the media. Um, they approached the home. He, he, I even seen a live he did before he got killed. Mm. He was saying, oh, look at the police. They they think they're going to get me. Nah, I'm going to run. Like, uh, they're not going to catch me. Mm-hmm. So, okay, you're going to run in your car. So he gets in the car, backs up, rams into the vehicles with mm-hmm. um, the, the police. or yeah. Okay. And they're saying he got out the car and he had a weapon. So they killed him. That's 16 to 20 times. Did and they find a weapon? I don't know. I don't mm. know. But guess what? Them folks in Frazier was riding. Yes. They tow up them police cars. Uh-huh. Um, they're saying over 20 officers were sent to the hospital. Because um, of the riots. Because of the riots. Um, and two people from the media as well. Were injured. Were injured. Wow. Let me tell you, I was looking at the news after Queen Sugar. <laughs> okay. And, the and we mad- talk about Queen Sugar. Oh, yes. <laughs> but the mad girl, I can't think of his name. <clears throat> He was on a live feed. He was like, I've never seen anything in my life like this in the last year and a half since I've been in Memphis. My colleague was just injured. And it was sad. And I was like, oh, my God. And I actually saw the colleague he was talking about. Oh, wow. And the people were behind her was like, yeah, ho. Uh, what? They was like, uh, we taking it. over your story. You know, oh. they were just going in. Like, it was just chaos. Okay. So what are your thoughts? On this oh, whole situation. Well, I mean, my <laughs> thoughts are, A, I want to see this weapon that they allege that he had. Okay? okay. That's first off, because that's usually the storyline when one of our black men are assassinated by the authorities. Mm-hmm. You know, he was rambunctious. He ran, this and that. But like you said, 16 shots, excessive. that's not just trying to stop someone. That's excessive force. Um, the other side of that, the rioting, that's no different from the rioting we saw in the 50s and 60s, right, when we mm-hmm. saw some of these exact same things happen. When you excite um, hatred, discrimination in into a community, it's almost like, what do you expect? How long, how many hundreds of years do you expect to do these things to us and our people and not get any response back from us, right? So <clears throat> I'm not saying we all need to go ride every day, but on the yeah. other hand, end of that how do you get someone's attention to let them know you all have to treat our community fair and justly right right. so now on the opposite side of um rioting we need to talk um policy Mm -hmm. because if policies don't change you get the exact same behavior for the next 300 years a lot systematic systematic so you know even when we had the um, march on the bridge right Mm -hmm. i don't know if that was maybe three years ago ish Mm. or now i can't remember how long ago that was but after that happened where were the um, changes in policy that came after that. So when you saw Dr. King 
um, march, right, and mm-hmm. to um, petition, there always was a policy request after that sit-in, after that um, riot. So sometimes we have to fully understand history when we make these bold moves, mm-hmm. right, so that we get the full picture of change that's needed to see something different in our communities. So sometimes, yeah, you got to um, kind of get people's attention so they mm-hmm. understand we're not going to continue to sit here and take unjust behavior, yes. but we still need to have the policy discussions. We need mm-hmm. to have the policy changes make, made, and we need to ask and enforce that the people that we elect make changes and vote based on our needs. Definitely. So when you ask a black person, you know, what's our policy? What do we want from our commissioner, from our mayor, from whomever? Most of the time they're like, I don't, I don't know. Right. Mm-hmm. You ask the black person in the 50s what change that they want. They could run down a list. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, again, the rioting, the, poli- the things that happened last night. I hate that, you know, some people were injured and all of that. But it should have yeah. been an eye opener. And yeah, we it's, made national news. Yeah. Yeah. Because I had some girlfriends from and we call it the cruising cuties <laughs> from yes. our vacation that aren't even here. They were hitting us up and group me today. Like, what is going on in Memphis? Yes. And they're in, you know, uh, D.C., Minneapolis, um, Chicago. So mm-hmm. it, it did make the news um, around the country. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, hopefully now that we have their attention, we can have a policy discussion so that some changes can be made and we can, you know, force the hand of politicians and lawmakers to do what's right by our community. Yeah, I'm definitely interested to see how this story progresses and Mm -hmm. the details that will be shared with us. Because if this was at U.S. Marshall level, that's pretty high. Like, what will be really shared with us? What will we really find out from what really happened? Right. And, you know, there are cases where, you know, everybody not straight. I'm I'm talking about the police, the Mm -hmm. system. You know, they will plant something. They will do some stuff now. We've seen it. We've seen it, right? 300 years. Yes. So, (laughs) (sighs) well, now it's time for the verbally effective minute. Well, I will ask you a few questions. I need you to spit off the dome, Clarissa. Okay. Okay. Are you an early bird or a late riser? Early bird, my First uh, alarm goes off at 4 a.m. 4 a.m. 4 a.m. Yes. And what a, you doing at 4 a.m., girl? Oh, I have my devotional time at 4 a.m. And then I transition from that time to what are the um, critical thinking things that need to be done. Because typically my daughter wakes up at 6. So anything that's critical thinking involved, I have to get done before 6 a.m. before she gets up. Right. So, you know, email, check, and social media, I can do that while she's awake. So mm-hmm. the 4 to 6 a.m. time frame or 4.30 the 6 a.m. is me going hard. Mm, I heard mm-hmm. that 4 a.m. will change your life. It will change your life. I mean, um, from a strategic standpoint, it really allows me clarity of thought to really uh, look across the day and see what needs to be done. Not just today, but the week, the month, my quarter. Um, and then do that analysis. Am I um, on task? Am I not? What mm-hmm. do I need to focus in on? Um, so it's that time for self-reflection. Um, and then, you know, it's a little encouraging time for me because it's that me time, too, because mm-hmm. I'm by myself. You know, Kaylee's not mm-hmm. up yet. Um, so, yeah, I am definitely an early riser. Wow. OK, so best vacation spot. Would it be domestic or international? Oh, I would probably say international. Okay. The feel of a vacation international. Firstly, the people. Mm-hmm. People don't treat you like you black when you treat when you travel internationally. Mm-hmm. They just treat you like you another person on the yeah. street. Hey, how you doing? And it's sometimes a little startling because in the U.S. you're used to being looked at with the side eye. Mm-hmm. You know, people watching you and following you around, or people mm-hmm. sizing you up by what you mm-hmm. have on. But over there, you know, when you travel internationally, it's a completely different experience. So I love that. It's more freeing. Um, And then the scenery, I love as well. We've got some amazing places domestically. um, But I love to venture out and Mm -hmm. see new things, um, to experience new food, new cultures. Um, I was in, uh, where was it? Uh, Aruba. And Mm -hmm. I went into a, it was a uh, religious place. I don't know if it was uh, Buddhist, but anyway, you had to wrap yourself in something before you could walk in. Mm. And uh, again, I'm a Christian. It wasn't my Christian, but it wasn't my religion. But I just love that experience of something new. So I was snapping some pictures and the guy came. He's like, no pictures right now. But they were having a ceremony. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just like to be immersed in different culture. It just opens your mind up again, whether it's you or not. You can experience um, different things by traveling internationally. Yes. So who do you like to motivate the most, entrepreneurs or executives? 
I think I know the answer. Oh, (laughs) I think I would have to go with entrepreneurs. Okay. Yeah, I would definitely have to go with entrepreneurs because it's like the sky's the limit. With Mm -hmm. executives, you still work for somebody at the end of the day, Mm -hmm. no matter how high you go up. I mean, even if you're the president of the company, you still report to the senior leadership board. Right. You still report to your stakeholders uh, of the company. So I love to encourage and motivate uh, entrepreneurs because the sky is literally the limit for them. They can do anything their uh, minds and hearts sets sets out to do. And being able to see that transition from when we first start an engagement to how they begin to uh, grow. And then the income comes along with it and the stability. It's just freeing um, emotionally for them. And they're like, wow, I'm in such a different place. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's always a inward, exciting uh, feeling as well. Okay. Last one. When Clarissa seeks motivation, do you go for your Bible or do you call your girlfriend? Ooh, interesting question. I, I would probably say neither. neither. It's probably bad to say though. Um, I probably I'm a research queen, mm-hmm. so I would probably go to Google and <laughs> whatever. I, I'm, a, I, you know, I'm a slick nerd too, right? Mm-hmm. So, uh, I would probably go to Google and, and like research whatever is caught up in my head to get mm-hmm. clarity on you know where I am or where things are. Like, oh, it's really not that bad, mm-hmm. or whatever the case. Now, from there, you know, um. And then when you have a, a great relationship, right, in terms talking about the spiritual side, you don't have to go there just because you're in a bad mood. So by me having my morning daily devotion. Because you already do I'm it every a, day. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So that relationship is there. So if something crazy happens, it's an instant. Really? Really, God? Mm-hmm. So it's not like a, oh, Father, thou art. Like, it's that's not the relationships that I have. So when something crazy happens, it's just like, for real, God? Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. And it's that immediate kind of talk in my head and out loud if I'm in my Mm -hmm. car um, about whatever's going on. So um, and then later I may transition and talk to the girlfriends about it as well. How would you describe your relationship with God? I would describe it um, being very open and very trusting. I feel like um, when uh, we make, make personal sacrifices to follow his word, we can hold him accountable. Right. So if you say that I was supposed to do these things and you would provide, um, I would be the lender and not the borrower. I would be above and not beneath. I can say those things with confidence because I've obeyed the other part of the scripture. So it's like, well, wait a minute. If I'm sacrificing, if I'm obedient, if I'm giving, if I'm doing these other things, why haven't I seen the harvest? Why have aren't mm. I reaping? And you can actually have that confidence, and, you know. My mama would probably not take that approach with God, but, you know, I'm a little, I guess, radical. <laughs> so, just a little bit. Yeah, just a taste. So, yeah, my conversations are kind of um, open and transparent. So you actually had that kind of conversation with God, and did he show you the answer? Um, it may not be immediate. And then sometimes just by having a conversation, it may be a overcoming peace mm-hmm. mentally and physically about the situation yeah. um, of getting it out. And then sometimes I let it out to say, I'm putting this in your hands. There's nothing else I can do with this situation. And I'm done. Mm-hmm. I need you to take care of that. Seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not even going to fight that anymore. That's on you. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the strength. I don't have the power. Yeah. So you're going to have to take care of it. Wow. Mm -hmm. You know what? I was looking at um, a preacher today on Instagram. I cannot think of his name, but he really struck me. He was talking about the importance of struggling and how important struggle can make you get to your priorities or get to where you need to be. Do you do you agree with that? Like the power of Coming out of a struggle. I would say that the power of coming out of a struggle should be the evidence and um, history uh, that that bases your confidence, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So when you have... Stephen Furtick. You ever heard of him? Oh, no, I haven't. Stephen Furtick. So when you have that confidence because of your struggle, I don't expect to keep going through that struggle. Mm -hmm. I expect to say, because I know in 1998 you brought me out through XYZ Mm -hmm. and I'm experiencing it in... 2018 I know you can take care of this but it's yeah. not for the sake of saying I want to go through the struggle repeatedly no I, I not don't repeatedly no I definitely <laughs> but I think the struggle does give us that personal um testimony if you will of his power and yes. his grace and his mercy and you know his um just infinite 
infinity i should say so with that but no i don't i don't intend to continue to struggle because he right. promised us a life of abundance that yeah. don't sound like struggling to me right <laughs> so it's kind of like thrive thrive exactly yes. so it's like i've been there done that got the t-shirt and the receipt okay so uh, i expect to be onward and upward from here i know that's right clarissa joy i have definitely enjoyed you yes. on the pod today i've enjoyed being here yes well look we got it done we had a few technical difficulties <laughs> at the beginning that's okay but we got it done oh yeah last question is what are you looking forward to in life right now oh wow that's a loaded question so what am I looking forward to? I guess firstly is seeing my turkey blossom, mm-hmm. right? Because when I look back eight years ago, my my deepest, darkest ugh, rub was what's going to happen with her now that, you know, I'm a single mom, now that I'm divorced, now that she's in what society calls a broken home, which I disagree with, right? So looking uh, back from that position and being able to see her continue to flourish and grow um, from education social to you know socially as well she just made the cheer team i'm a cheer mom yay she made the team yeah she made the team so that's what i'm looking forward to her just living her best life and i love it that she is so comfortable being unique um she wanted to wear some boots and it was a little warm outside my mom was like you gonna let her wear those boots? I was like, yep, she wants to. But she is is definitely an independent thinker, a trendsetter, Good. and she doesn't have to follow things. She just creates her own things and is fine with it. I like that. So um that's one thing I'm looking forward to. Also traveling. I'm an avid travel traveler. I just love to travel. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to um, some new places to go mm-hmm. um and see. And then of course, always looking for the growth personally um, and professionally. So Mm -hmm. how am I improving and advancing year over year um, as a woman, as a mom, um, as a sister, as a friend, as a professional, as a coach, um, as an author, what's my next book? You know, so is your next book? I can't divulge right now. Are you working on it? I am. I am. I'm currently working on it now. Um, It's something that's definitely going to help women. Um, So that's really a big part of my heart in Mm -hmm. sharing um, that success is there and available, but we have to tap into it. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's going to just uh, beat us over the head and say, here, I'm going to force you to be successful. No, it's us saying, I want it, and I'm going to have it by any means necessary. And we've got to take that same determination that men can take more easily than women can yeah. and say, this is for me. I deserve it. I desire it. And mm-hmm. it's going to happen, and I'm going to make it happen. Um, and not feel bad or guilty because of right. that. So some women feel like oh well if I get too successful then what is my husband gonna think what's my Mm -hmm. family gonna think or am I doing too much no a man never tells himself is he doing too much never (laughs) never Never. so where do we get that from insecurities insecurities but why I have them you know Wow, we were made so wonderfully um, and beautifully and uniquely and fearfully. So why not walk in those things that we really are? And when we find um, that it's okay to do those things, it's so liberating. It's so freeing. Yes. So how can everybody get in touch and follow and see you on socials and everything? Okay, so you can go to my website for the latest and greatest. That's ClarissaJoy.com, Joy with an I. Um, You also can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, and on Facebook at ClarissaJoy. Just search for ClarissaJoy. I'm on all three of those platforms. Um, So, yeah, that's how they can find me. Well, thank you, Clarissa. You are absolutely amazing today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Glad to be here. Yes, ma'am. Episode 73 in the book.